sky-high inflation, rising interest rates, a maybe recession? Oh, it's just the second financial crisis millennial women are facing in their lifetime. Everything's fine. Spoiler, everything was not fine. At The Skim, our mission is to help women live their smartest lives. And in this special mini-series, we're talking about living our smartest and best financial lives. Because in this economy, we can't afford not to. Welcome to In This Economy, a special mini-series from the Skim This team. Over the course of three episodes, we're going to give you the tools you need to navigate what's going on right now, from budgeting in this economy, investing in this economy, and staying sane in this economy. Our experts will be giving you their best money tips and tricks, and we'll help you make the best decisions for your wallet. All right, let's get into it. For our final episode, we're talking about the impact money has on our health. There's no denying that when we feel stress in one area of our lives, especially when it comes to money, that can impact our mental health or even our physical health. Experts say financial stress can lead to insomnia, weight loss or gain, depression, anxiety, relationship difficulties, and social withdrawal. But there's a lot we can do to reduce the impact financial stress has on our lives and our well-being. So in this episode, we're going to give you some tools that you can implement today, this week, and this month to reduce that financial stress so you can get into the right money mindset. To help give us some tips, we're talking to Emily Thorne, the head of consumer advocacy at Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Thorne told us, even though she works in the financial world, she's not immune to feeling the pressure of confronting personal finances. So she's created her own rituals and routines to help her ease the stress. Specifically, she has three things that help her get into the right money mindset. The first is knowing when she needs to clear her head. If I know I'm about to sit down and look at my financial plan, budget, or pay my bills, I, before I do that, stop everything and go on a run or a bike ride to clear my head and do whatever I can do to be in the best physical and mental space to bring that positive energy and channel it into an area that might cause me a little bit more stress like my finances. So once I have cleared my head and set aside my emotions, I'm able to appeal to a more rational self in me. And that's when I turn to my financial plan and tackle some of those concerns one by one. If you're not a runner or a biker, no worries. Maybe cooking or reading a good book helps you decompress. But the important thing is to find something that works for you before you head into a money conversation with yourself or a partner. Another part of Thorne's money routine is staying focused and consistently checking in on her financial plans even when she sees those negative economic headlines. I try and stay really focused on my own money. What's coming in, what's coming out, what are my own obligations? And yes, 
there is a lot of noise, but it's really important to remain focused on your own priorities and where you want to be both in the short term and the long term, whether that's 5, 10, or 20 years from now. Having a financial plan for me is key in navigating uncertain times because it allows me to assess the current environment and readjust my plan to stay on track to meet my goals and hopefully drown out a lot of noise along the way because the noise this month is going to be different next month. And the final part of Thorne's financial routine involves her checking in with her money buddy, aka that person who holds you accountable as you work towards your money goals. I am very lucky. I have been married to my best friend for eight years. And so he is my money buddy. And I think regardless of whether you're married or in a committed relationship or maybe aren't in a relationship at all, you can find those aspects in your money buddy through a lot of different relationships in your life. That can be a partner or a spouse, a friend, a parent, maybe even a financial planner, you name it. Just find someone who you can share your goals with that you trust and they can support you because ultimately you don't have to go at this alone. So now that we know how Thorne gets into the right money mindset, let's get tactical and break down one thing you can do today, this month, and this year to get you on a strong financial footing so you can stop doom scrolling and checking your bank account every few hours. First, let's talk about what you can check off your list ASAP. One thing you can do today is open a savings account with a really good rate. You work really hard for your money. So the first thing that you should do is make sure that your money is working just as hard as you are and take full advantage of rising interest rates. Ask yourself and be honest. Do you know what APY you are currently making on your own savings account? A lot of people don't know. And chances are, if you are one of those people, your rate probably starts with a zero. But don't worry. Right now, we are in a super competitive rate environment, making it an ideal time to open a high-yield savings account or a high-yield certificate of deposit, also known as a CD. They are most often offered by online banks, which make it really easy and simple for you to get online, do a little bit of research, and open a new account today. And with rising interest rates, bump-up CDs or rate-bump CDs are another super savvy option that will make your money work really hard. So if you're saving for something specific, like let's say a wedding, your home, or a baby, Opting for this type of saving strategy gives you the opportunity to take advantage of higher rates and stay competitive with the ever-increasing market. So that's step one. Open that high-yield savings account or certificate of deposit account, which gives you a higher rate in return for a pledge to not touch that money for a set period of time. So your money doesn't just sit there, but it grows. Once we've checked that off of our list, Let's dig into what we can do this month to alleviate stress about our financial futures. I strongly believe that building a better financial life for yourself starts with education. Luckily for us, there are tons of free resources out there to help you get started. 
So my best advice to do this month is to do some research. Find a newsletter, a blog, or even a podcast that can help you get up to speed on the latest and greatest in finance and give you savvy tips on a regular basis. There is just so much great content out there that can be a useful resource to people like you and I. So here's my recommendation. Aim to learn one tip or read one article every week to push yourself to learn more, explore topics that maybe have been taboo for you in the past, and ensure that financial education becomes a part of your new routine. And by the way, listening to this podcast is a great start. We've also got some resources at theskim.com slash money that can help kickstart your financial education journey. Finally, let's talk about what should be on our end of year bucket list. Establish an emergency fund. If you don't have one, guess what? You are not alone. According to the Federal Reserve, 32% of adults said they would not be able to cover a $400 emergency expense exclusively using cash or its equivalent. So if you're one of those people that don't have an emergency fund yet, that's okay. But an emergency fund is a really important component of any financial plan because it serves as a safety net in case life throws you a curveball. Typically, experts agree that emergency fund should have enough cash to cover three to six months of unexpected expenses. And you also have to remember, it's called emergency fund for a reason. So try to avoid the impulse buy with this extra cash. And this tool is really helpful to make sure that your long-term plan isn't disrupted. Again, life throws you that curveball and you have an unexpected expense come out of nowhere. So think of your emergency fund like a safety net for yourself. It's really an investment in your future self, a way you can feel more secure about your money and something you can actually use if you find yourself in an unexpected situation. After the break, we're going to wrap things up by giving some final tips to reduce financial stress and invest in your financial health. Welcome back to In This Economy. We just broke down three new habits to get you into the right money mindset and skimmed one thing you can do today, this month, and this year to get you on the right financial footing. And we wanted to end this show and this series by just acknowledging that talking about money can be incredibly challenging. For a lot of us, money has been a taboo topic at our dinner tables, and that's before you add in all of the stressful economic headlines we've been seeing. For Thorne, cutting out the noise and reducing stress starts with just focusing on herself and her journey, not anyone else's. Put one foot in front of the other and try to simplify the task at hand. Don't let perfection get in the way of progress. We live in a social media dominated world and it can be hard not to compare your financial journey to that of a friend or a colleague, or an influencer that you follow. People share, we know, highlight reels. They aren't going to show necessarily the low moments, especially in their financial lives. And people are always inclined to share the positive. So remember, the only financial situation that you have the full picture of is your own. 
So it's not worth trying to compare that to the often partial view that you see of someone else's. Take pride in your own journey and focus on improving for yourself, not for anyone else. And finally, actually talking about money can help reduce the financial stress you feel. For the same reason that therapy can help us make sense of our emotions, talking about money can help us reflect on our current financial situation and make a plan for the future. We've talked this entire podcast about how foundational financial lives are to our everyday life. It impacts so much of our lives, and yet we don't talk about it as a society. Chances are you know more about your friend's dating history than you know about their finances. I know I do. So we have to break the mold. And frankly, it's more simple. We just have to start the conversation. It really, I think, is boiled down to having the confidence to be the first one to share. And it will be amazing, I think, once you break that mold and start that conversation, how many people are desperately ready to engage with you. What I've found in my own life and my work is that if you don't talk about money and get comfortable doing so, you can get caught on this hamster wheel that is really hard to get out of. We as society have made major strides towards creating safe and open environments to discuss other support surrounding physical or mental health. Financial health needs to be next. That's a wrap on In This Economy, a special mini-series from the Skim This team. We'd love to know what you thought about all the advice, tips, and tricks you heard throughout these three episodes. Call and leave us a voicemail at 929-266-4381 to share what you thought. This episode was skimmed by me, Alex Carr, along with our producer, Will Livingston. Our senior audio engineer is Andrew Calloway, and the Skim's head of audio is Graylin Brashear. A regular episode of Skim This will be back in your feed again on Thursday. <laughs>